0: Hey guys, it's Betsy with Faith and Flip-Flops. October is National Domestic Violence Awareness Month. This month, the blog and podcast will be dedicated to survivors and victims of domestic violence. We want to join in the awareness effort. Today's topic, Golden Boy. This is a true story, but the names have been changed. This is not my usual survivor story. This is the story of domestic violence taking three lives. I will let you know the ending ahead of time so you can choose whether or not to read or listen to this story. I was friends with this beautiful woman, and her story deserves to be set free. Another friend of hers and I have pieced together Lily's story for you in hopes that it will bring someone else in a similar situation a better result. The truth is that domestic violence kills. It is sneaky, and it pulls you in before you know what is happening, and sometimes the accomplices are those that created the monster. Lily was a free spirit who was always smiling and giggling, full of life and joy. She had a thriving business, enjoyed working out, spending time outside, and adored working with flowers. Her own family had let her down countless times, and she made the hard decision to walk away from their toxicity. But her friends had become her family, and she loved them with her whole heart. Lily's life was missing just two things she longed for, a husband and a child. In a small town not far from Lily, a family was longing for three heirs to carry their family name into the future. Their lineage was extremely important to them, and bloodline meant everything. So they had carefully planned the checklist that their future heir's mother must possess in order to meet their specifications. Lily came into their line of sight, passed their background check, and seemed to meet the qualifications. At that point, the son, Clyde, was pushed out of the nest with instructions to come home with a wife and plans to start a family. Clyde met the chosen love of his life, and they began courting. Lily was wined and dined and treated like a queen. The new couple spent their time out and about in her world with visits to his home place. It was easy for Lily to fall in love with both Clyde and his family, as it offered her the farm life she enjoyed and the family she was missing she had found the picture-perfect leave-it-to-beaver life she had prayed for it was almost too good to be true but there it was in real life right in front of her eyes within six months of meeting Clyde he proposed to the chosen love of his life and they were married shortly thereafter in a simple yet perfect ceremony, sweetly handled by his parents. Lily happily sold her little townhouse in the city and moved into his house at his family's farm. To make things easier, she simply got rid of all of her belongings and took only her personal possessions, since Clyde had already had everything they would need in his home. So, Lily would not have to drive to the city and work away from home all day. The family offered a small home on the property that she could pay to renovate and use for work. Lily thought that would be wonderful. She could stay right there in the family village and her clients could come to her. So, she happily paid for the upgrades and began doing business there. She lost some clients that did not want to drive that far and did end up losing touch with most of her friends because she was never in the city. That saddened her some, but it was quickly made up for when she found out she was pregnant. Her prayers had been answered, and the family's contract was being fulfilled. Or was it? You see, until then, only hints of Lily's real place in the family had come out, and she had not quite put two and two together. However, it all came out as the gender reveal became closer. Lily finally learned the real reason she had become a member of the family. She was simply their breeder, expected to produce heirs, specifically a boy. Suddenly, she realized how isolated she was, how dependent she had become, and what a mess she was in. She was no more than one of their breeding mares and only taken care of in hopes of providing them with what they wanted. What if the child was not a boy? What if the child was not perfect? It was explained to her that as soon as she had the baby and her body healed, that her sole purpose would be to become pregnant again, and that that cycle would continue until there were three heirs for the family kingdom. Her life was not the fairy tale come to reality that she thought. It was the beginning of a horror movie. Once the truth was out, Lily became depressed, worried, and fearful. She felt trapped, but literally had nowhere to go as she had given up everything and allowed her life to be taken over by the family. The day arrived to find out if the baby was a boy or a girl. The news was not what the family wanted. The baby was a girl. Clyde was angry with her. From the point forward, the family was already talking up the next pregnancy. They had already dismissed baby girl, and she was not even born yet. But Lily loved that baby more than life itself. In fact, she was the only reason Lily had to go on. The only one Lily knew would always love her, and the only true family Lily would have. Pregnancy was hard physically and mentally. There were blood pressure issues on top of the fact that Lily was high risk due to age. Emotionally, Lily was beaten down with a few friends to help her through the isolated pregnancy and no way out of the village. Lily no longer smiled and danced in her happy world. She simply waddled through her days blindly. Charlotte Greta was born during a rough delivery, but she did put the smile back on her mama's face. Lily quickly began battling postpartum depression and at her six-week checkup mentioned the fact that it was time for her to begin the process for baby number two. However, the family plans were rudely interrupted by Mother Nature. The doctor informed Lily that she was in premenopause and that a pregnancy was unlikely and could be dangerous for she and an unborn baby. Lily totally broke. What was she going to do? How would she tell Clyde? How would the family react? She held off telling them as long as she could, but finally broke the news. That is when the abuse truly began. Immediately, the family laid claim to the baby, refusing to even call her by her first name, Charlotte, that Lily was allowed to pick. Instead, they called her Greta, as that was the name from their family. Greta was treated like the queen she deserved to be, although it was only to hurt Lily. She was taken care of while Lily worked by the grandmother who fed and bathed her, taking over Lily's responsibilities. Clyde would meet at the parents' home for lunch and dinner meals and only return Greta to the home he lived in with Lily after Greta fell asleep. Lily had to work because Clyde and family refused to pay for anything for her, including food. Many nights, there was nothing in the home to eat but bread and cheese because Clyde and Greta ate at the main house. Lily wasted away to 90 pounds worth of skin and bones and looked as bad as she felt inside. There was constant berating, constant threats, and pushing that became shoving, but never enough to call the police. And in the small area they lived in, the family owned the police, so a call to them would have been useless. Lily was powerless and struggled to have enough energy for she and her child to survive, but she did keep going. Clyde went as far as to force Greta to bathe with him and sleep with him in the same bed to keep him away from Lily. That was the final straw. She began verbally fighting back, met with an attorney, and hired a private investigator. It seemed that she was not in as bad shape as the family wanted her to believe. Clyde had a girlfriend that had a farm just down the road from the family, And she had already passed the background check and inspection and was ready to start having the family heirs. The family was simply biding time to push Lily over the edge so they would have no trouble getting custody of Greta. But they had a problem. Lily now knew the truth. The attorney knew the truth and the P.I. knew the truth. Lily was not leaving without her little girl and would fight to keep the family from continuing to turn her baby girl against her. There would be one last blow-up, and the family got what they wanted. It pushed Lily over the edge. On a Thursday evening, Charlotte had not eaten at the main house and was hungry. Lily cooked Charlotte exactly what she asked for, but Clyde did not approve and wanted Lily to cook a full meal. As it was late and Charlotte needed a bath and bed, Lily politely told him what she cooked was fine for the night and she could have a full meal the next night. Clyde shot her the bird in plain view of Charlotte, who wanted to know why Daddy was being mean to Mommy. Out of frustration, 90-pound Lily walked by Clyde, who was sitting in a chair, and kicked him. That was what he had been waiting for. He called the police, they came, and a report was filed. Charlotte cried and begged the whole time they were there so they would not take Mommy to jail. Clyde then told Lily she was to be out of the home by Saturday and she would not be taking her child with her. Lily spent the next day in fear that she would be arrested over the event and that the family would take Charlotte from her. She talked to a good friend and an attorney who helped calm her down and work her through her concerns. She returned home that Friday evening to simply pack her and Charlotte's things as she was leaving and taking her daughter with her. Upon arriving at the house, it would appear that Clyde and Charlotte were in the same bed. We do not know whether they had words or not, but at some point, Lily got a handgun and shot both Charlotte and Clyde to death. She then walked outside into a pond and did the same to herself. One tortured life set free, one tormentor put to rest, an innocent child lost because a family of monsters. This is domestic violence.